Alrighty, alrighty, you guys are now tuned into the littest podcast on earth. This is another episode of ZTV Presents The Ratchet Hour. And if you guys have never listened to this podcast, we talk about hip-hop, politics, reality TV, and everything in pop culture. And I'm your host, Alizé Rachamel, and things are really different right now because we are going through the corona times, okay? We are in quarantine, everybody's in a house, and everything is closed. We haven't done the show in almost six weeks, guys. That is a month and some change, okay? So I just wanted to give you guys a show. Things are different today. I am not inside of the studio. I'm actually at my dining room area with my little home studio. And I'm not here with my coach today. I'm not here with Taylor. I'm by myself. And today is going to be different. We're going to talk. We're still going to have the same show for you guys. We're still going to make you laugh. We're still going to talk about everything going on. We're going to give you the tea. We're going to fill you into everything. Only thing is we're not doing reality bites today. I'm going to do a whole nother show that is just for reality TV and everything that's going on in reality TV. But yeah, we're going to get it. We're going to jump straight into the, the zhuzh of it all, all right? So, what I like to do here is a little weekend review when we start off the show. And basically, my week was just really calm. Like, I've been doing what you could do stuck in the house. Like, I've been watching a lot of TikToks. I've been making a lot of TikToks. I've been cooking. You could call me Chef ZRD. I've been making everything from baked macaroni to oxtails, Spanish food, turkey wings, everything I've been cooking. I'm going to be big as a house, okay? Before we left out, I was a panda bear. Now, I'm going to be a warrior when I get outside. But... As you guys know, the current the coronavirus has been getting bigger and worse and worse and worse. So when it first started off, you know, us as black people, we was joking like, oh, black people couldn't get the coronavirus. And we we still outside, still in the streets. I know I was. And so it really hit home when they, they closed down my job, when they stopped the whole... Because I worked for, like, the NBA, basically, and they just shut down all the basketball games, all the concert events, and that really hit me hard. And then they did... When Idris Elba caught it, that's when I knew it was real. Because, you know, Idris is like a big black figure in the black community. He's one of our few A-listers that we have. So when that happened, that's when I knew, like, oh, shit, this corona shit is real. There's also been a lot of people affected by the travel ban, not able to see their family because, you know, you can't fly out of the country and a lot of stuff. A lot of things have been getting canceled from, like, basketball games. There's no more big events over 50 people's. Businesses are going out of business because they can't pay the bills and stuff like that. So this coronavirus stuff is getting real. So with that being said, it made me come up with my next segment for the show, which is this new... I made it up. It's a new segment. It's called Quarantine Heroes. So basically, this segment is just to shout out people who've been entertaining us, trying to make us laugh, still doing their thing since the coronavirus has hit, since we've been on quarantine. And we're just going to shout them out for being positive influences in a harsh time so the first person that i want to shout out is tori lanes for getting on instagram going live and creating quarantine radio which is just him on instagram acting a fool cutting up um going live with our favorite celebs like drake um megan the stallion and having girls come up there and just showcase their talents twerk or whatever it is okay and he doesn't discriminate he has had small girls up there he had lizzo up there and it's just been all types of fun so shout out to tori for being groundbreaking and breaking instagram's record for most people to be tuned into a live even though they tried to stop him and he was blocked for a few days i also want to shout out reginae carter with the TikToks, okay? Because Regine Carter has been just making us laugh on TikTok and she's been showing us that she's more than Lil Wayne's daughter and that she's actually talented because when I tell you Regine TikToks are funny and she has, first of all, she had the Players Club one down pat and then she has the um, the Angela Bassett TikTok. It's impeccable. I definitely feel like Regine is going to be an actress and she should definitely get into acting. Um, So shout out to Regine Carter. Um, I also want to give a quarantine shout out to um the djs that's keeping us entertained by doing their sets online via whether that's instagram live facebook live or wherever you could go live playing a set so i want to shout out give a shout out to dj d nice who was one of the first people i seen doing it dj sus one dj raw rizzy dj envy and dj camilo for still doing their things and playing their sets so shout outs to all the djs guys make sure you support them on instagram go follow them go watch their stuff um 
Next, I want to shout out all the YouTubers who are still creating and making content every day, every week, or however often they make it. So I want to give a shout out to Tasha K for keeping us informed on all the gossip and all the news and just being messy with her wine. I want to give a shout out to DJ, DJ Richie Sky, who's the pro, the expert on everything Real Housewives of Atlanta and even expanding to cover Love and Hip Hop Atlanta and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I also want to give a shout out to T.S. Madison for coming through with the morning shows each and every morning. I want to give a shout out to Ring the Bell. If you guys watch wrestling, that's a good, like, a good commentary show about wrestling and women's wrestling and wrestling news. Give a shout out to the Impressive Channel. Also, I want to shout out Lovely T, who is another blogger. I want to shout out um, Boba Talks, who talks about um, everything that is comic booky, nerdy. And last but not least, I want to shout out Funky Dineva. For just saying everything that we are thinking about these reality stars and everything that is going on in Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. And guys, that's it for um, the new segment, Quarantine Heroes. Guys, make sure you check out all these YouTubers, DJs, Reginae's TikTok. Make some own TikToks of your own. Make sure to share them with me on Instagram. My Instagram is underscore Rashmel. That is underscore R-A-S-H-A-M-E-L. And we're going to move on to our next segment, okay? Our next segment that we have is Love is in the air, which is we just talk about couples that and stuff they got going on or new couples or people getting together. And first, we're going to talk about Sierra and Russell Wilson. They're still going strong. They're still the perfect couple. And I just want to shout them out for they revealed on um they made a video revealing that the new baby's gender is a boy. And this is not this is their third kid and they're, they're second together or whatever, biologically. And I'm just so happy for Sierra. Like she... She was in the trenches, okay? She went, she done kissed a lot of hip-hop frogs to get to her little NFL champion prince, and I'm happy for Sierra and Russell and their family. In other baby news, we have A Boogie and Ella Bands. They had a virtual gender reveal, and they revealed also that they're having a little boy of their own, so Melody is now about to be a big sister to her little brother, and I'm happy for them. They, they're very, well, I can't say they're unproblematic, but... They real quiet about what goes on in their household. So I love A Boogie and I love Ella because she will always call him out. She will comment under his picture being petty as hell. I also want to give a... um. We're going to move on to our next couple, which is Birdman and Tony Braxton are rekindling their love and are now quarantining together. And at first, I didn't really get this couple. I didn't really see like um, Birdman and Tony making like a cute couple, but I really like them together because like opposites are really attracting and I feel like they're a cute couple and I'm glad it took... I'm not happy that it took a pandemic to get them back together, but I love Burn, um, Burman and Tony Braxton, and I hope they finally get married, okay? And last but not least, the biggest story on our um, Lovers in the Air is the brat and the real Big Booty Judy, or BB Judy, whatever they call her, the lady that sells the miracle drops that don't work. <sighs> they are officially together, and the brat is out of the closet. So basically, this story blew up when it was a video Judy bought Brat a car, a foreign car, and Brat started crying. They gave each other a hug and a kiss. And everybody was like, oh my God, the Brat has came out the closet. We are so happy for the Brat. Um, she's finally being who she wants to be. She is free. And I'm happy for the Brat. I like the Brat. But I never knew the Brat was in the closet. I thought we all knew this. Like, I thought it was an open invitation and everybody knew that the Brat was gay. Like, I just... I didn't know that it was such a big deal that she finally is with somebody or showing it. And then the funniest part about it is this is not funny. It's like funny, but it's like uh, in your house type of funny. Somebody said the brat was in the closet. Well, that closet was made out of glass. And I that started laughing, but I love the brat and I'm happy if she's happy. But I, I never knew the brat was in the closet. I always thought the brat was out and I'm happy for the brat and BB Judy. And now that she's with the brat, I hope the brat can buy her some real products to make that miracle drop stuff work because it don't work. Yep. And that's it for Lovers in the Air. We're going to move on to our next segment, which is the weekend music, where we just talk about things that's going on in music, all the new stuff, all the old stuff. And we're going to get into everything from top to bottom. So we're going to start off with Tory Lane, rapper and now radio host, has dropped his new project, the new Toronto 3 and everybody is loving it and they liking it but what I feel about the project is I feel like it's okay it's not a bad project it's just like the 
I like when Tori remixes the old songs. The um, He does the samples of the old music because I feel like that's when he's the strongest and most relatable and people already know the old songs, so they just like to see how he's going to flip it. These songs, they're okay. They're cool. And I feel like he just released it because he was getting a lot of hype from, you know, going live and stuff like that. So I feel like the album is okay. You should listen to it. Check it out. It's definitely like a few bops on it, but I don't feel like it's nothing spectacular like the Chicks tapes or whatever. But we are now going to get into Playboy Cardi has dropped his new single, Meh. And the name is fitting because the song is Meh. I don't, a lot of people don't like the song, and it does, it's a little too over, auto-tuned, like, it sounds like the Robot Man, and it sounds like he's mumble rapping, but in other Playboy Cardi knows, um, Little Uzi has been hinting, hinting to a collaboration with, um, Playboy Cardi, the two had a, um, big song in 2017, and they were making, like, a lot of lit collaborations together, but they had, like, gotten to a beef about who knows what, and... I just hope they could squash it and get on the same page because I love Little Uzi and I love Playboy Cardi when they're together. And I feel like it could be better for them. They're better together than, like, apart. Um, Especially in the case of, like, Playboy Cardi, I feel like Uzi is the more secure, like, solo artist. But I feel like together they're, like, a force to be reckoned with. So I'm looking for, like, a joint mixtape, a joint album, something. We're going to move on to our next artist that has dropped the project, which is the group Division. They have dropped a new project which has like a lot of different sounds and sonically sounding hip hop and R&B. Like it's just, it's really different. Like it's not what you would expect from anybody. And it's not like a lot of the other like R&B artists that's just like putting out this melodic, tired, sleepy lullaby music. It's really exciting. One of my songs that I like a couple of them, there's a couple of the standout records from the song, um, from the album, which is titled Amusing Her Feelings. The songs that I like is Friends featuring Party Next Door, Keep It Going, which is like a Baltimore Bounce song, Flawless Do It Well Part 3, which is featuring Summer Walker, which we're going to talk about later, and it's just an all-around great album for you to listen to if you want to listen to something that sounds different from what's going on. Also, we have Kelly Rowland has dropped her new song, Coffee, with a beautiful video celebrating melanin and brown-skinned women all across the board, and if you guys haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. I feel like Kelly is back and I want more. This just was like a tease track to me. It's just making me want more music because I cannot keep listening to Motivation and Kisses Down Low. We need some new music, Kelly Rowland. And I feel like more is coming on the way. Then we have rapper Rod Wave has dropped his debut album, which has went number two on the Billboard charts. And I'm really proud of him because I've been like, somebody put me on a Rod Wave about two months ago. And ever since then, it's like he just keep popping up. And I really like his song, Hard On Ice, if you guys never heard it. And he makes, like, R&B rap type music. He's like a hybrid, like, almost like a Drake type person. And it's like, he doesn't look like what the industry would make you want people to look like. He looked like a regular black guy, heavy set. He looks like me. And he's making good music. So, shout outs to Rod Wave. And if you guys didn't check it out, you should check out his project. Then, we're going to get into some more stuff. Drake Tootsie Slide has went number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and Hot 200 charts. And it's like a little cute dance track song and you just do your little dance moves. You can put it on TikTok. And I just feel like the song is just bad. Like, it's a bad song in my opinion. I feel like it's trash. And I feel like no matter what Drake puts out, it's always going to go number one because... He is Drake, like, the namesake of it all. He's like another Michael Jackson, Beyonce. They put out something, it's going number one. And I feel like Drake has reached that icon status finally. And the song is whack to me. Like, it's not lyrical. It's boring. It sounds like he had the track for a while and he just put it out. Um, There's no energy in it. It sounds dead, monotone. And I just feel like Drake could have did better than what he did. Put more energy in it. Like, you... He's coming off for such an iconic year in 2019, 2018. So I just feel like he's letting us down in 2020 because I haven't liked his last couple of freestyles that he has put out anyway. And I'm a big Drake fan. But in other news of Tootsie Slide, Charlamagne Tha has went done interviews saying basically he doesn't like the record. He feel like the record is trash. The record is beneath Drake. And he's getting like a lot of hate from like a lot of fans and stuff like that. A lot of backlash. Now... I don't like Charmaine the Goddess, but I feel like 
in this case, he's telling the truth. Like, a lot of people get on radio and get on big platforms and get scared to speak the truth, depending on who it is, because they don't want to get blackballed or fired. But I feel like Charlamagne is at a point in his career where he just don't care and he want to say what he want to say. And I agree with him. The song is trash and it could have been better. But Drake's still going to make money off of it. It's still number one. And there's nothing that nobody could do about it. So shout out to Drake. Shout out to Tootsie Sly. I'm just sad it had to bump off Rowdy Rich off the top spot with the box. But shout out to Drake. <laughs> in, other news, in other music news, the baby has dropped his album, Blame It On Baby, featuring artists like Rowdy Rich, Megna Stallion, Ashanti, A Boogie, NBA Youngboy, and Quavo. Um, the standout of the album would be the song Nasty that's featuring um Ashanti and Megan Thee Stallion. I like the song too. I also like the song with Rowdy Rich, but uh, this album is getting like a lot of backlash because people are saying like it's trash. He could have kept the album. Um, like they just people all around just hate the album and they just been commenting negatively about the album. But I feel like what the baby tried to do is people always say like all his songs sound the same. He using the same sound. He's trying to sound like Suge on every record. Not Suge Knight, but the actual song Suge. Um, and I just feel like um, it's a win-win, lose-lose situation. Like, it's a catch-22 because he, what he tried to do was make new music. And it's like a damn if I do, damn if I don't. He tried to make new sound of music, and people hate it. But if he make the old sound of music, and then y'all love it, y'all still say, oh, everything sounds the same. So I kind of just feel bad for the baby in that situation. But also what it is, is when you come out with a strong record, your first record is so strong and so popping, you got to keep up that momentum. A lot of these artists have, like, put out fire first projects, and then the second one doesn't, like, stand up to that project or doesn't have the same strength as the first project. Like, I could see, let me use somebody as an example. Like, Nicki Minaj, everybody know I love Nicki Minaj's death. The first album was strong, strong, and then it was weaker. Like, the second project was weaker, but it wasn't a bad project. It just wasn't as strong as the first project. Or, like, you could either compare Megan's from Fever to Sugar. Fever was strong as hell, and then Sugar was like, meh. But I just feel bad for the baby, but he's definitely going to land on his feet because he's talented. But he needs to know when you put out a project that's so strong, as your first album, you got to keep that wave up. So, I feel like from where he's at now, there's only no way you could go up and up. So, shout out to the baby. <sighs> Guys, we are going to move on to our next segment, which is one of my favorite segments. That is beef in the streets. Okay? Not beef in the sheets. Not beef in the streets. Beef in the streets with a K. Okay? And recently, everybody's been beefing and just going at it with each other. And... Our first beef that we want to talk about is Nene Leaks versus Wendy Williams. So currently right now, the season of season 13 of Real Housewives of Atlanta has just wrapped. And apparently in real life, Nene is beefing with everybody, all of the cast members. We're going to get more into that on the next episode of Reality Roundup. But in season 13 finale, Nene was talking to Wendy Williams on the phone. Wendy made an on-the-phone cameo in, into the show. And Nene was complaining about her beef with Kenya and basically... Wendy told her, Nene, you, Nene, you are the moon. People are gonna, people aren't gonna talk when the dog barks at the moon, but people are gonna talk when the moon barks back at the dog. That's the big story. So basically, she was giving her some advice on how to handle the whole situation with Kenya. Da da da. So basically, now we are in quarantine times. Everybody's in the house. Nene has been doing a little show on Instagram Live, going live with people like Kim Zosiak and other celebrities. So Nene decided to call Wendy unbeknownst to Wendy and Nene Wendy answered the phone and she flipped out on um Nene and she even went on her show and was like I don't know why Nene would call me I told her before that I didn't want to do it this is beneath me I don't want to muck around with the um with these reality stars I am a journalist um I am above reality tv and basically made it seem like Nene Leaks was beneath her and after that, I guess it got worse. Like, the story kept lingering around. And then, I guess, Wendy Williams apologized to Nene privately because Nene posted a cryptic tweet saying, public embarrassment and private apologies don't mix. So, 
I guess Nene Leaks is good on Wendy Williams now, and that friendship is done. But to be honest, I feel like Nene Leaks and Wendy Williams are the same person. Like, Nene treats her castmates how Wendy treated her. Like, Nene thinks that she's above her castmates. And basically, I just feel like they the same type of girl. You never hear about them having friends with other females, and they always beefing with other females. So, what we do here is we like to give a W to the winner of the beef. And I, and I don't know who's the winner. Like, they both the same person to me. But I'm going to just give the W to... Um, I'm going to give the W to Nene Leaks. Because she handled this one very classy. She didn't really just jump off and respond and pop off at Wendy Williams. Because I felt like Wendy was just searching for drama and wanted to have a, a moment. And I feel like Nene didn't give her that moment. Like... Wendy just looked at crazy, like the crazy old lady with the um, messed up wig. So we're gonna move on to our next story. Our next story is about Bad Baby versus, our next beef is Bad Baby versus Little Kim, all right? So this all started cause Bad Baby was receiving a lot of backlash for her new look and people was accusing her of black fishing. So if you don't know who Bad Baby is, that's the catch me outside girl. She's white, very pale with red hair. But in the new picture, she had black hair and her skin was like a golden brown, almost like a light skin type girl, you know, somewhere in there. And basically fans was just saying like, oh, you're black fishing. You're trying to be black. You know, you're white. And this whole word black fishing is beyond me. It's such a 2020 word and I'm over it, but they just want to keep going on with it. And Bad Baby took on, went on Instagram live to defend herself saying, oh, I'm the Tarzan of this comparing her saying she's Tarzan and she grew up in the jungle. So she's saying she's the white girl that grew up with the black people. And she was like, who wants to be black? I don't want to be black. That's crazy. And then she said, people don't do this to little Kim, even though little Kim bleached her skin and wants to look like a white woman. And I just didn't like that because nothing had to do with little Kim. So little Kim then responded later on saying, I'm not going to address this now, but I'm going to put a date on it and put a name on it. And we will speak about this in a later convenience. And it was just so gangster and so classy. Like, little Kim let her know, like, this ain't over. And I'm not going to respond to you right now because we're on quarantine. But I'm going to let you know, when I see your little ass, you better back up that mouth, okay? Like, we really are going to catch you outside. And I just felt like that was so G and so gangster of little Kim to handle it like that. Because usually she likes to pop off, come out with a single and stuff like that. So then, Little Kim's friend Medina, who's on Grown Up Hip Hop New York, she she spilled some tea about how Bad Baby came to Little Kim's house, begging Little Kim to co-sign her, so she could um gain like more respect in the hip hop game and come in under Kim. So basically, after all of that mess had happened, they just like the beef was just squashed. Bad Baby then apologized not to Kim, but she apologized to. All the people who were offended by what she said, which I feel like is fake. She's just trying to keep her fan base. So, if I'm going to give a W in this beef to somebody, I'm going to definitely give the win to my girl. Well, she's not my girl, but I'm going to give the W to Brooklyn's own little Kim because she handles herself smart. Like, she didn't she didn't go out there try to get crazy with her or give... Because if little Kim barks too much at Bad Baby... She's going to make Bad Baby pop and she's going to get people to look at her because there's a lot of people, believe it or not, who don't know Bad Baby rap or who really care to hear her music. But if you got that little Kim beef on you, you become bigger than what you really are. So I'm going to give the W to little Kim for handling like a G from the 90s, okay? So now we're going to move on to our next beef, which is Sophia the Body versus Drizzy Drake. So this beef all started with Drake when with Sophia the Body and Drake years ago. So basically, Sophia the Body is now speaking up about the beef with Drake because she's saying Drake blackballed her. She can't work anywhere. She can't do anything because of Drake being so powerful. So basically, this started because she spoke up in an interview about how she helped Drake kind of like do a song. She, she helped Drake edit a song, do a song, and Drake didn't like that. She went on an interview and said that. And he was like, she did help. She said she basically was overplaying it. He asked her, did she like how they sound? She said no. And he changed that little piece right there. So then um, Drake didn't like that. She kept doing interviews and he blackballed her. So recently she was under a comment and a fan was basically like, oh, 
I seen her on the train. She liked me playing my music, and she, I followed her. And she didn't follow me back. And Drake commented to the fan like, "Oh, you'll see her again on the train. She'll be able to follow you back." Being shady, and this beef was just weird and came out of nowhere because you wouldn't think that they know each other. But I'm gonna give the W definitely to um to Drake, even though like what he's doing is vicious. It's like, you can't beat Drake. Like, Meek tried, Jay tried. You cannot beat Drake. Drake is unstoppable. And I'm going to just give the W to Drake. But I feel like lately, we've been seeing, like, Drake's true colors. And they haven't been they haven't been good. Like, there's a dark side to Drake. Like, don't let the pop music fool you. But Sophia shouldn't have went on interview and speaking about that situation. Like, it was making you look like a clout chaser. And... He just had stopped all your clout in your bag. But that's that one. That we're gonna move on to our next topic. I mean our next beef, which is Young Jock versus Arc Bar V. Even though we are not doing reality bites, this beef happened on social media. So if you guys have been watching Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, Akbar V is back for another season. So is Young Jock. And they have a new added um co-star, which is Lice and Keisha, the rapper from Atlanta. Akbar and Lightskin Keisha have been beefing because they both think that they are the queen of Atlanta. And as Spice said, how are you guys the queen of Atlanta with no hits? No hits. So, basically, Lightskin Keisha is like the new chick on the block and everybody is just hating on her. You got Bambi who don't like her because she dates her friend's ex. You got Akbar who don't like her because Akbar don't like nobody. So, Lightskin Keisha wants to do an interview um, at Jock Station. I believe it's B103. And as Lightskin Keisha was doing her interview, Akbar popped up via satellite. And they, like, Jock tried to stir the pot and have them beef with each other. In the episode, it looked like Jock was trying to bamboozle Keisha with Akbar. But, so fans started, like, fans started, like, coming at Jock, like, why would you do that to Lightskin Keisha? She's trying to promote her project and help your station, da 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 da. So Jock replied, and I'm paraphrasing. I just wanted somebody to check that fat bitch, and I thought Keisha was going to check her and set the record straight. So, I was just like, oh, so Jock really was on Lightskin Keisha's side, and he wanted her to check Akbar. So, basically, after that happened, um, after that happened, Akbar, um, then responded to Jock calling him a bitch-ass nigga, all types of, like, homosexual slurs. And she was, like, threatening Jock, saying that she's really from Atlanta. She would get Jock touched. And she said, why you always in bitch business, female stuff? And she just went off on Jock and said he don't want none of that action. And that was basically what happened. But the words was very vicious. If you guys didn't see it, you guys could head over to the Shea Room, check it out. I think the Neighborhood Talk has it up there, the actual video. So just go that way. Um, I definitely would give the winner of this beef... To young Jock, because you want to know why he's stirring up the pot, he's causing drama for the new season, he's gonna get people to watch the show, he's gonna get people to get excited about the show. And Akbar, you just I love Akbar, but it looks like she's just starting problems to have problems. Like Lightskin Keisha ain't worried about you, she's just trying to get her bag, and she's definitely making the season watchable. I love Lightskin Keisha, I love like I like a lot of the new additions to the show. Um, a lot of the side characters are really doing their thing for me this season. So, shout-outs to Lightskin Keisha. And, um, Coco Vango, that's her boyfriend. Um, Lightskin Keisha is the real winner of this beef, if you want to be technical. Y'all sitting here arguing about her. Um, lastly, our final beef is um, OTS Genesis versus Keisha Cole. This seems like it's the beef that's never going to end. If you guys don't know, this all started when OTS Genesis remixed Keisha Cole's um, iconic song, love and he made it a crip anthem about uh, anthem about loving and being crip and stuff like that and Keisha didn't like it she had got she went through all legal channels to get the song pulled down because she felt like she deserved to get paid from it she um she basically stopped his bag she stopped him from performing this song and all that anywhere OTS Genesis didn't get didn't like it so he he attacked Keisha Cole he came at her appearance he called her a has-been he even said her vagina smells like fish and all of that, and it didn't stop there. He then went on to drag her mother, Frankie, saying that he almost went to jail for selling crack to Frankie. And then from there, um, Keisha's half-sister, Nuffy, didn't like that. She decided to um, defend her mother 
she attacked him, said that. One thing she said really made me laugh. She said, instead of worrying about my mother and my sister, you need to worry about keeping up with your baby mama who can't even keep up with the Kardashians. Because you know he has a baby with Malika. So, after that, him and nephew went back and forth. He continued to attack Keisha. And I just feel like he's dragging this beef. He's really, like, he didn't have to bring in her mother being a crackhead or talk about their family life. But... I definitely feel like this is karma for Keisha Cole because um, a couple of weeks ago, Keisha Cole, we talked about it on the show, Keisha Cole had um, Zell and Paris on her show, and all they did was attack K. Michelle, say her pussy stink, her breath stink, um, said she's trying to be like Keisha Cole, talked about her music, how she can't sing, and Keisha Cole let them sit there and attack her, and I feel like Keisha Cole planned that for ratings. So I definitely feel like is a lot of karma going around. Like, this is Keisha Cole's karma, and it's in the form of OTS Genesis. However, I still feel like he shouldn't be going this hard on um, her sister and her mother. But I'm going to give the W, and this beef definitely goes to OTS Genesis. For, um, he's just relentless. Like, he's dragging her, and he don't give no fucks, okay? So the W goes to OTS Genesis. And he's getting attention off of everything that's going on. So, shout-outs to him. And that's it. That's all for this week's Beef in the Streets. We're going to move on to our next segment of our show, which is one of my favorites, which is You Won't Believe This. It's basically, we just talk speed rounds about everything going on in hip-hop. We're going to give you all the rundown real quick, real one, two, three-ish. And we're going to talk about everything that's going on just to catch you guys up on everything. So, our first topic is, if you have been living under a rock, you would not notice. But if you haven't, you know already that Takashi 69 is free from the jail, okay? He is out in these streets. He is now recording new music. He is doing what he's supposed to do. Allegedly, well, it's not alleged. He has got a multi-deal. Allegedly, he's got $20 million to record two albums. One in English, one in Spanish. And... On top of that, he's also facing a lawsuit from fashion, the fashion brand Fashion Nova. They're suing him for, I believe it's $2.5 million. It might be a little more than that. Because he didn't tell them that he was involved with a gang member before he signed his deal with them and got involved with them. They wanted to know that he they wanted to know everything about him and they didn't know that he was in a gang. Which is crazy to me because you guys still work with Cardi B, who is clearly a blood member. Um He's, he's in the same exact gang, so I, I don't see why you guys now want to sue him. But shout out to Takashi69. He's out of jail. Um, I don't know how long he will be out to enjoy this money because he has pissed off a lot of people. And a lot of people are out after his head. But he was freed because of the coronavirus thing. And he's saying he got bad asthma. So... Shout out to Takashi69. I just feel like with Takashi69 is he was a guy that got caught up by the clout and he started to like it. He started to do things that wasn't him. But I just I just hope he gets out and he stays away from the gang stuff and he plays smart. He plays it smart, plays it safe. A lot of people saying, oh, they don't feel like he can make it or they don't feel like he could get back to where he was. And I'm just going to have to disagree with that because everybody that listens to music ain't street, okay? The biggest consumers of hip-hop now isn't people from the hood anymore. It's like white kids from suburbia. They don't know nothing about snitching and shooting and gang life. So I definitely feel like Takashi 69 could be back at the top of the Billboard charts. He could definitely be where he was before he got locked up. And I definitely feel like if people out there wanting to hear what he's going to put out, like they want to hear if he's going to put out an anthem about snitching or what he's going to say next. So shout out to Takashi 69 I'm definitely curious to see what he's going to put out and what he's going to release. Um, we're going to move on to our next topic, which is Youngberg, a.k.a. Hitmaker, is at it again. He was arrested for beating his current girlfriend, and she has she now has a restraining order on him. If you guys didn't see the mugshot, it looked like that woman was in a WWE last man standing match, a MMA UFC match for the World Heavyweight Championship, and it's just sad because, like, people are getting canceled for much less. And, like, I feel like this man has not only did this to her. He has did this in the past. In his past relationship with um, Masika Kalisha, who is also from Love & Hip Hop Hollywood. 
season one, two, and four, maybe five, two. Um, they were in a relationship, and he dragged, he allegedly attacked Masika in a hotel, and he dragged her by her hair. Um, he was also in a relationship with Hazel, Hazel E on um, season one of Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, and he had disrespected her like a dog, cursed her out, um, belittled her the whole entire season when all she was trying to do was love him. So it definitely shows a history of him like hating women, violating women, putting his hands physically on women, and I definitely don't think that is okay. And I feel like somebody should do something about him putting his hands on women and like a constant like it's a constant thing with him and I definitely feel like people shouldn't work with him in hip hop like I feel like he's at this point where he's become a little powerful as a producer to where people are scared to like actually do stuff and I feel like people should stop working with him because this is this is behavior that keeps reoccurring reoccurring so I definitely don't think it's ever gonna stop but yep we're gonna move on from that well we're not gonna move on from it yet um, domestic violence is a real issue, and if you see somebody around you that's getting beat, you should definitely stand up, say something, and it's stripping numbers. That's all I'm going to say, and we're going to move on from that. So, YW Melly was denied release from prison, even though he has contacted coronavirus in prison, and everybody who listened to this channel before, you know I love YW Melly, I love his music, I love the person that he is and his brand, but... I do have to agree with this. I do feel like he should stay in jail because he's not want like he's facing the death penalty. He's facing being killed in jail. They want to kill him. He's facing he murdered two of his friends and he had hid the body and covered it up for months. So I definitely feel like leaving him in jail was the right decision. But I feel like they can take him out, get him some treatment, try to help him survive the virus. Cause I don't want I don't want them to give him the death penalty. I want them him to just serve his time in jail. I don't I don't know. I, I don't know if he deserves life or not. But I just don't feel like killing him is the answer. I feel like just make him do his time, rehabilitate himself, and then maybe he could come out if he behaves or whatever and gets the help he needs because he says he suffers from multiple personality disorder and I just don't think it's fair to give up on people or just condemn him to the coronavirus. I feel like they should help heal him and then put him back in jail. And he's definitely, like, panicking now. He's trying to reach out to Kanye to get help from Kanye. And he just wants Kanye to help him, call him. Because, you know, Kim has a lot of power. Kanye has a lot of power. But I definitely just don't see anything changing for YNW Melly, and that's sad. And if you guys have never listened to his music, you should definitely go check out his music. Um, we're going to move on to our next story, <clears throat> which is a long one to unpack. Yaya Mayweather is a, is facing 90 years for stabbing NBA young boy's pregnant girlfriend, okay? So, if you don't know about the story, Yaya Mayweather, who is Floyd Mayweather's daughter, she went to the um, NBA young boy's house, knocked on his door. He didn't answer the door. She broke in through the back and seen him in there with his pregnant girlfriend, and she stabbed NBA young boy girlfriend up. She fought the girl and stabbed the girl. Mind you, the girl is like six months pregnant. If you guys don't know, Yaya is also NBA young boy's girlfriend. This boy is dealing with a whole bunch of girls. He's dating Yaya, the pregnant girl. His um baby mother, Janaya, and him are on and off again. Young Lyric from the rap game. He's also involved with Bad Baby. She has a whole Kentrell tattoo. And there's a host of other women that he's dealing with. So... I definitely feel like Yaya, she's just tripping, okay, one, because clearly this boy is going to keep doing what he wants to do, and that, that female is not the problem at all, and I just feel like she's becoming her father, like, so, like, she's become her father because her father is going through a similar situation, and you know her father has been accused in the past of beating on women and stuff like that so she has definitely definitely been around domestic violence growing up so as as you as we all know Floyd, May, Floyd Mayweather's ex Josie Harris was found dead in her car right but sources are saying that they were set to sources are saying that they were set to go to court over 20 million dollars for domestic violence claims and him bashing her in a bar in a um in an interview basically um what you call that um defamation of character suit that's how everything was going down and some people are alleging that 
this is all a setup by Floyd just so he didn't have to pay that 20 million. I don't personally believe that because I feel well, I don't know what to believe. I'm not going to try to line defend him. I don't know what to believe because 20 million is a lot of money to me. And I know 20 million may not be everything to him, but that's still a lot of money. And I just feel like if people could think that about you, that shows the character you are. And I definitely feel like Yaya is taking all the bad habits from her father and dating men that act like her father because it's, it's a clear lack of respect from NBA Youngboy. Um, it shows that he really doesn't really care about her if she stay or if she go. Um, she needs to find herself. Like, Yaya Mayweather needs to find herself and who she want to be and who she is because clearly this ain't it. 90 years... 90 years is what they trying to give that girl. Let's call it what it is. That's life. They want her to die in jail. And we don't know if that young lady that was stabbed up um, had her baby. We don't know if her baby's still alive, if her baby is dead. That's probably why she's facing 90 years. But Yaya definitely needs, is gonna, going to FaceTime. Like, she's hired on Rap-A-Lot Records um, lawyers, and she's trying to basically fight the case, and she's trying to save her life. And her daddy is now paying for her lawyers to help her. But I definitely feel like she's still going to face time. And I definitely feel like she deserves to face time. Whether or not how much money they try to throw behind her, she's definitely going to face time for stabbing that pregnant girl. And she needs to, if she gets out by the grace of God, she needs to stop dealing with NBA Youngboy and all the drama that comes with him. Because he ain't worth it. He done got eight girlfriends. They all young as hell. He got kids already. Probably like, I think he got four kids, they said. And then, allegedly, he got herpes from Janiah. So, this is too much to deal with. Like, I'm not dealing with nobody that got herpes. That's right there. That's the straw that broke the camel's back, okay? So, Yaya needs to go find herself and find who she is. And that's it on that, okay? And we're just going to say RIP to Josie Harris. Okay, so we're going to move on to our next story, which is Summer Walker in London on the track. Called it quits and they have broken up, okay? And I don't, I didn't see it coming because they were so crazy together that I thought they was going to last together for a long time. She don't even change her black nose to a white nose for this man just to break up with this man. And sources are saying that she's back with her original boyfriend from the time when she made Girl Need Love, Girls Need Love too, Karma, and all of those songs. I just feel like, I don't know what to feel with this. I definitely like them together. Like, you can't listen to a Summer Walker song without hearing, We've Got London on the Track. Egg. So, I would definitely say, like, do I want them back together? I don't think, I don't know if they're going to ever get back together because she's with that man that she really loved. All them songs that she wrote was about this man. If you guys don't know who he is, he was the one that um was holding the, ne- the knife to her neck in that video that had caught a lot of attention. But I'm just going to say, I feel like she kind of used him to get that come up, that them good beats and stuff. Because London on the track gave her a classic R&B album. Like, that album is amazing from front to back. Over it is a good album. And it's just sad to see them not be a couple no more. But we're going to move on to our next topic. Sister Circle has been canceled after three seasons. If you guys don't know who Sister, what Sister Circle is, it was a, a daytime talk show with um, Tracy. Not Tracy. Um, a daytime talk show with Trina Braxton, um, Selena Johnson. Blah, 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 blah. I can't remember the lady with the pixie cut. And Quad from Married to Medicine. But the lady with the pixie cut was like the main one. She was the Barbara Walters of the show. So, I think her name was Deshaun. Yeah, her name was Deshaun. And basically, they would just talk about everything going on. And like, culture and the black culture and stuff like that. It was basically a show geared to like, black women. It was like the black woman's version of like, The View and The Real. And it was canceled after only three seasons because of low viewership. And, like, a lot of people are sad and want it back. But my thing is, you guys should have been watching it. Like, I love the show. I love Trina Braxton. She's my favorite Braxton, like, ever. Like, she's my favorite Braxton before. Like, I love Tamar, too. Like, they equal to me. But for two different reasons. But, and I love Selena Johnson. Like, and Quad is so crazy. Like, they, they really gel together. It was good chemistry. Like, if you guys um don't know who Selena Johnson is, she's the lady that sings the hook on Kanye West's whole force down. 
That's why I love her, and I always love her. She was also on R&B Divas. But I feel like the show could have worked if they had like a little more time to get the sponsorship, get the viewers. But it was a great show, and you guys could also go and watch the old episodes of Sister Circle. I'm sure they're somewhere in the atmosphere. We're going to move on to our next topic, which is Rashida. Rashida and Kirk are at it again in the press. So, Rashida had wrote last week a tweet saying, you guys wouldn't be able to stand five minutes in my shoes, okay? Saying that we couldn't handle her life, her marriage, or anything. But the real drama came when Rashida and Kirk, they came, they are in, they're in an internet battle after fans put together that Kirk married Rashida when she was only 17. Based on the information that Rashida gave the show, fans and interviews so apparently the math that the way Rashida added up if she's 35 that her and Kirk have a 15 year age difference and that um basically they have a 15 year age difference in that they met Kirk met Rashida when she was in high school and married her when she was 17 years old but it turned out that after fans went digging and found Rashida's graduation um records or whatever that Rashida is not 35, she's actually 43, about to be 44. But Kirk did meet Rashida when she was in high school and did marry her in high school. Some sources are saying that Kirk and Rashida had an arrangement to get married because he liked her, she was young, she was cute, and her mom was moving down south to marry a man, like to another state, and Kirk was gonna marry her, take her in, and take care of her. At least that's what Tasha Kay was alleging. And basically, Kirk and Rashida didn't like that. They started clapping back at Tasha K, calling her bald, bored, bald headed, and she needs something else to do while she's so worried about them. But it's really common for um celebrities to have um to have like stage ages, like industry ages. And if you ask me, there's a lot of people out there with industry ages, like Cash Doll. I don't care what y'all tell me, Cash Doll is not 26 years old, okay? I'm 23 and I look 25. Cash Doll is the body, now the body look 28. The face giving me 35. I don't feel like Cash Doll is 26 years old. And I just feel like there's a lot of other people out there as well with industry ages and stuff like that. And Rashida's industry age just got exposed because people knew Kirk real age. You get what I'm saying? So it was easy to just find out where Rashida age is or kind of paint Kirk as this R. Kelly. And it just backfired on them. But to be honest, there's a lot of this, like in the past, like growing up, like a lot of my friends and their parents are in some R. Kelly type shit. Like see, my mother and my father, they are within a year apart. But I have some friends whose mothers are like, 40 and their fathers are like 55 or the mother's 30 and the father's in his 40s like it was a lot of that stuff going on back in the days in the 80s and 90s and stuff but 2020 ain't letting none of that happen okay because they ready to cancel anybody and everybody and label you R. Kelly and that's that one now we're going to move on to our next topic which is Lifetime has finally got it right okay with the Clark sister biopic if you guys haven't seen the clock sister biopic it was really good it was produced by queen latifah mary j blige and missy elliott it's basically about about the um clock sisters growing up and becoming a group a famous gospel group the mother she is giving joe jackson realness okay she is throwing shoes she making them sing till five in the morning it was just a lot going on and i don't want to spoil it for anybody who haven't seen it but if you if you haven't make sure you go check it out you guys can watch that at Lifetime. I'm sure somewhere on demand because it's the biggest thing. It's um Lifetime's biggest, highest, most viewed movie in four years. And the highest biopic ever on Lifetime. So if you guys haven't seen that, you should definitely go see that. It's nothing like the Aaliyah biopic from Lifetime and all them other bad ones. This is a good one. It's on the level of the VH1's TLC biopic. Because you know I love that TLC biopic. So I definitely feel like the Clark Sisters is on that level. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. Because I didn't I didn't know who the Clarks... I knew who they were. But I really didn't have an in-depth view about them. So um, if you guys haven't seen it, make sure you check out the Clark, the Clark Sisters um, biopic on Lifetime. Okay? So we're going to move on to our next um story. Which is rapper Kodak Black sentenced to two... 
seven years for a gun charge. And he pled he pled not guilty. He pled guilty. But after he pled guilty, he allegedly attacked a prison guard in jail and it's believed he was intoxicated while in prison. So that's just like a whole Kodak is going through like a whole mess of a situation. He in jail for a gun charge. He pled guilty because he had probably really did have a gun. And he in jail attacking um the guards in jail. Like, how do you even get drunk or high in jail? But like I don't know what Kodak is just a mess, okay? Cause last I remember he just had got out of jail from something else. And he needs to really get it together, okay? If you like Kodak Black, I haven't never seen like I never I'm not a Kodak fan, but if you like Kodak Black, you need to write him some letters and tell him to get his life together. And we're gonna move on to our next story. Megan Thee Stallion has won. In her legal case against her and T. Ferris have won in their legal case against 1501 Records and Carl Crawford. And basically, I'm happy for Megan. I'm glad that this battle is over. I'm glad that she could finally renegotiate her contract and get a higher pay. She could put out music when she wants to, like how she put out Sugar. Even though Sugar is okay, it wasn't all that, but it was good. So I'm happy for Megan, and I'm happy that she could put out some new music. So shout outs to the Stallions and all the hot girls around the world. But in other Megan Thee Stallion news, Jason Lee is dragging Megan Thee Stallion because she didn't come on his platform, Hollywood Unlocked, to promote her um, EP Sugar. He called her fake, an industry friend, and he mocked her record sales, saying that she hasn't sold as much records as Cardi B and that she's pandering to white media because she was on a Marie Claire cover and she needs, she needs him, not the other way around. Now, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't feel like Megan needs Jason. I feel like it's um, a you scratch my back, I scratch your back situation. But I definitely feel like Jason is hating on Megan. And he's so up Cardi B ass that anybody who's not her, he's going to try to like throw dirt on him like he does Nicki Minaj. Any chance he gets, he says something negative about Nicki Minaj. And Megan is no different to him. Um, I feel like he really hates women. And I learned that from like... When he was on Love and Hip Hop and he threw that drink on Hazel E, I hated that moment. Like, it doesn't matter what she said to you, nothing gave you the right to throw that drink on Hazel E. I feel like Jason, Jason thinks that he's old things. Nobody owes you nothing. Like, she doesn't have to go and promote on your show. And I don't feel like Megan is pandering to the white audience because she does black, black media all the time. She um does Genius. She does BT. She does Title. She did the Crown interviews, the Crown series on Title. Like she does everything black. So I feel like he was just sour that she didn't go on his platform and promote it. I definitely don't feel like if she would have went there, her record sales would have did better. Her record sales wasn't bad. It was just okay. She's a new artist. Like she's not gonna be boom pow popping at that time. Like she dropped her album around the time that. Janae dropped hers and Uzi dropped his. Those are two artists that have a big, big, bigger fan base and people have been waiting for their music for years. So I definitely see why Megan didn't do the numbers that she first like did with Fever or numbers as high as Cardi. But that's not... Cardi dropped when Cardi dropped. Like, she didn't drop around this time. She didn't drop when Uzi dropped. She didn't drop when Janae dropped. Those are two mega artists. I just feel like... Megan is still doing good. Sugar is still doing good. It's just not as great as what she wanted to be. And with the Savage Challenge, her top and the um, Captain Hook Challenge, her songs are climbing the charts. So it doesn't matter what Jason Lee thinks. I definitely feel like he's just hating on Megan and her growth. And he's trying to stunt anybody's growth that's not Cardi. And it just shows that he has sour grapes. But we're going to move on to our next topic, which is new details have come out showing that one of the African men who attacked Jesse Smollett was involved with Jesse Smollett. There's video and photos of them going to the bathhouses. And if you guys are gay or you have a gay friend, you should know what goes down in the male bathhouses, in the male gyms, okay? You can ask somebody if you don't know. And I'm just so sick of this Jesse Smollett versus Chicago case. Like, I feel like if he, the, the case was thrown out, let it be thrown out, move on. Chicago just wants to save face and lock him up so bad but I feel like just let it go like if the case got thrown out it got thrown out like just let this man live like y'all destroyed his career he probably won't ever work again Empire is done in the grave is dead in the grave I just feel like they need to just let it go let it be 
Um, he he bamboozled y'all, and Chicago has bigger problems. Like people are dying every day out there. People are shooting each other in broad daylight, and y'all got bigger fish to fry than Jesse Smollett. Like, and Jesse Smollett, you just need to put your head down and lay low for a year or two, and then appear on somebody's TV show as a recurring guest star. Because I don't want you as a main character. Because now I feel like anything you get on is not going to work out. But yeah, guys, that's it. That's all for this week's You Won't Believe This, okay? So we're going to now move on to our next segment, which is one of my favorite segments. And it's Weirdo of the Week, guys. And this is where we just give somebody Weirdo of the Week for just being embarrassing. Just being an asshole. Just for not having it together. And being that we didn't do the show in three weeks... I mean, we ain't doing a show in six weeks. I'm going to give the Widow of the Week to three people, three very deserving people. So our first Widow of the Week award is going to Bad Baby. One, for a parent to be a black woman, which you are not. Then insulting black people by saying who wants to be black. And then dragging Little Kim into the whole situation. Like, I definitely feel like there are people who want to be black. And I definitely feel like sometimes you want to be black and you want to be down. Like, in hip-hop culture, if you don't know, is black culture, bad baby. Um, So she's definitely weirdo of the week, number one. I also want to give weirdo of the week to another very deserving person. Yaya Mayweather. What would possess you to break into that house and stab that pregnant girl? Like, I know you couldn't do it over this little boy. Because if you stab her, you got about seven other girls to go stab. So, I definitely feel like Yaya Mayweather is um, widow of the week as well. And she needs to go find herself. I'm going to keep saying that. She needs to go on a retreat. Her and Summer Walker need to go on a retreat and find themselves, okay? Because I feel like Summer Walker don't know who she is either. With that damn white-ass nose. How you going to get that nose? That Michael Jackson. You know, I'm not even going to bring Michael into this. But yes, Yaya Mayweather is the second Widow of the Week. And our third Widow of the Week, we're going to give this award straight to Young Berg for not knowing how to keep his hands to himself and not hit women. Like, this is the second time you have been, like, the second case with you hitting a female, and it's just too much going on. And he tore that girl up, y'all. So he's definitely Widow of the Week. You guys should definitely, like, not listen to his music. Like, he's bugged out for real. And guys, that's it for Weirdo of the Week this week. Now we're going to move on to our last segment and one of my favorites, which is MVP of the Week, where we shout out somebody for just doing great things and being amazing. And I have three very deserving MVP of the Weeks. I want to give my first MVP of the Week. Definitely goes to Drake for having the most hits on the Billboard 100. And for also, um, I want to give Drake... This for Tootsie Slide going to number one, even though I don't like the song. It just shows how powerful Drake is and how much of a legend he's becoming. So shout outs to Drake. I definitely felt like I got to see his growth from either watching the grass to where he is now. So shout out to Drake. I want to give my second MVP of the week to Regine Carter, okay, for entertaining us with them TikToks. She is funny as hell. She is just, she got it down packed, and I feel like her future's gonna be big with this acting thing if she takes it serious. And my third and final MVP of the week is going to all of the essential workers out there. Shout out to all the essential workers who get up every day, go to work, and risk their lives just to make sure that we okay. All of the nurses, doctors, delivery people, police, firefighters, shout out to you guys for still being able to get up go to work and do what you got to do especially in new york because this is crazy out here so shout outs to all the essential workers if you know any essential worker just tell them they're awesome thank them for being amazing and that's it for mvp of the week so shout out to all the honest shout out to all the essential workers Woo! that was a doozy y'all it feels so different doing the show not in the studio but that's our show for you guys this week I have so much things coming up. I also just stay in tune for the other show that I'm going to upload, which is going to be strictly reality based. Um, also, I have a lot of big things coming up that I'm not going to speak about yet until they come into fruition. I've been working hard and talking to a lot of people about some new things that I want to do. Um, there's going to be a lot of changes going on with the show, a lot of good changes, a lot of new changes. And I just want to say, 
You guys can tune into us everywhere that you can listen to our podcast. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. We are everywhere. And you guys can follow me on Instagram at underscore R-A-S-H-A-M-E-L. Make sure you guys subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is ZTD. Make sure you watch my interview with That's the Problem and Raging Rose. And you guys can tune into us every Wednesday, guys. Every Wednesday, I do this every Wednesday. Every week, there is a show up. Okay? We out of here. You heard?